back from his whirlwind tour. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a call. I got some big news. I'm coming on when Tazzy Brown rings. You know he's got some stories, ladies and gentlemen. Grand Tazzy Brown. Hello, my friend. Welcome. Thank you very much. Now, this whirlwind tour, we're going to touch on all these. Russia, going to China, Luke's next big fight, possible world title fight next time. But I wanted to start off. You went with the man mountain we know as Wayne Howlett. Yes. <laughs> I saw a video. He was walking a white tiger. Yeah, he's got a pet tiger over there now too. Is that his pet tiger? Oh. Or what happens there? Do you, does he adopt it? It was quite scary to me, but he seemed pretty relaxed walking this white tiger. Mate, him and the tiger bonded and... Um, <laughs> You know, I think he's he's just got someone as a caretaker for it while he's in Australia, but mm. um, he visits quite often, so I'm sure that you'll see the pet tiger again. So there's no uh, paperwork involved in trying to get in um, customs. What's the uh, where they if you bring an animal over from overseas and you put him in quarantine for yeah. a while? There's none no plans for that. Nah, I think it's got to stay in in. I think that's his his Russian pet. You know, so he's got a baby lion too that visits visit, um, come to our apartment as well. A baby lion. Yeah. Where do you keep these things when you're in Russia, uh, Grant? Is there a like a doggy daycare, a lion daycare sort of thing for Wayne or what? What's happening? I'll tell you now, Russia, there's no limits, mate. It's an amazing place and pretty much whatever whatever you want, um, yeah, you pretty much get. <laughs> now, I was following you while you are in Russia. You were teaching boxing. You were getting awards. You know, in, in, as far as the Australian combat sports version, are you like the Steven Seagal over there? Um, I'm now the president of Hand to Hand Combat. So yes. Vlad Hurunov, who's a world famous boxing promoter, he's promoted Klitschko, Pavokin, um, Roy Jones Jr. We had lunch and we're doing some boxing business together. He asked me to to build Hand to Hand Combat in Australia. It's two hundred thousand members in in Russia, very popular. So um, the aim is by November to take a team of fighters over to compete in Azerbaijan. Uh, sorry, Ubakistan, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so look, I'm going to do my best and try and build the profile of the sport. And I've done some training with um, Sergey, who's a, a master and teaches all the special forces. So it's pretty crazy. It just all happened. And um, I'm going to really try and take it seriously and, and try and build the profile of the sport. So what is actually hand-to-hand -hand combat? Yeah, well, I mean, they fight over three rounds. They wear a gi. Very much like boxing, stand up, like punching with gloves, obviously a bit smaller than boxing. No kicking below the waist, so no leg kicking. So just high kicks, leg kicks, chest kicks. And if you go to the ground, I think you've only got like five seconds before the referee puts you back to your feet. So if you haven't got time to submit them in that time, it's mostly stand up fighting, which I kind of like. It's uh, quite popular over there. They do massive events. Did you mention if there are any their wraps or gloves? Or they're, they're gloves. They look like sort of... Probably with a mix between boxing gloves and MMA gloves, so just probably a six ounce or something like that, I think. So do we have anyone doing hand-to-hand -hand combat in Australia at the moment? Is there any organisation or anything like that? Not that I know of. I mean, I'm going to start it now, mm. this special sport. I'm just going to throw the interest out there, the guys, boxers, BJJ guys, judo, karate guys, to, yeah, anyone that's interested to try and get involved. And hopefully we can build it and there's plenty of trips to Russia and other countries if they're interested in competing. So where would they go if they wanted to find out more about the sport itself? Is there any, like a central website in particular to, for get, more, to get more information? Yeah, they've got their own website, yeah, Hand to Hand Combat Moscow or okay. Russia. They can check that out. And any information is contact me. Contact me on Facebook and any fighters out there that rate themselves and want to compete in this great sport and Come represent Australia overseas. Um, get in touch. So contact the president. Yeah, the president of Australia. <laughs> Vlad just said, 
you are president now. I'm like, okay, no worries, Vlad. Thanks. Did He's you, a good dude too, Vlad. I'll give him a shout out. Vlad Hurinoff, great guy. Did you get an action? You got a certificate or something? Certificate was stamped from the government. Yeah, so it's, it's official. It's official document. Yep. Did you get close to meeting Putin or anything? I'll tell you now, I'm going back in October. Yes. If I don't meet Putin in October, <laughs> maybe next year. I'm, I'm getting close. I know a lot of people that know him. Really? Mate, I'm being honest. Well, Stephen Sargal meets him all the time, man. So why wouldn't Grant Brown meet him? That's right. Yeah, hand to hand combat. So you're down in Melbourne specifically. You're you're at the Chinese embassy. Yes. This morning. Yes. Yes. This morning. Tell me what's happening. Why why we get why are we off to the Chinese embassy for? Huge news. I got my fighter, my middleweight Joseph Corner. He's fighting on the Zhu Ming undercard. Who Zhu Ming is a two-time Olympic gold medalist and current WBO flyweight champion, trained by Freddie Roach. So we're on the undercard, four rounder, winnable fight. Against Lee Hun, um, four and three. So look excited. We leave um, Saturday. We fight on the twenty eighth. Twenty thousand people at Shanghai. So how does a fight like this come about? Just through the right channels. I mean, the contacts that I've got now. I got a phone call to fight in Russia for one of my fighters the other day, but that was against Fedor Trunov. So no way that was happening. But I mean, um, lately it's been great. The contacts I made internationally really taken to the next level. So as I said to all my fighters, I put them on notice. Be ready all the time. This could be their opportunity. Anytime you get that phone call, you've got to have a good base fitness to be ready. So how much notice did uh, you get for Smoke and Joe to go over to China? Probably three weeks. And that's because he has a decent base of fitness. You feel that he would be able to, you know. Well, he only fought last month on the Hoskins show. So as I said, look, he fought four weeks ago. He was ready. So what's the meaning of exposure like this? You've got 20,000 people. Obviously, uh, Zhu Ming's quite the man in China. Yes. To be exposed on a card like this, what's it mean if Joseph gets the result that you're hoping for? They've already said that uh, if he's successful, there's another guy fighting on the show who's 5-2. and two. We could possibly come back and fight him. It's up to him, you know, if he gets the job done. There's a lot of opportunities. And for my other guys as well, Matthew Trifford, Jacob Doreen, Plugger, Johnny Brown, Jack Unwin. So the actual, uh, he fought on the Lyndon Hossin card not long ago. Yes. And uh, before that, had he fought outside of Australia before? Or is this time, first time outside? Oh, no, of first time out of Australia, yeah. Mm. yeah. And your feelings, your thoughts? Mate, he's been training well. Look, I'm, I'm very confident. We've got a bit of height and reach on the guy. Um, hopefully he handles the crowd and the travelling out okay. But I mean, once you're in there, there's no excuse wherever you are in the world. You're in there one-on-one in the ring, you get the job done. So hopefully we can bring it home. So it's quite a trip. Do you, how much time do you give yourselves to get acclimatised to what's everything over there? Well, they're bringing us over on the 22nd and mm-hmm. the fight's on the 28th. So, you know, six days or so. That should be good. It's only after going to Russia, China's nothing. It's a 10-hour flight direct. So after flying 20 hours to Russia, so it's um, it's not that bad. So you'll work in the corner for Joseph as of well? Of course. Yes. Yeah, yes. Exciting. Many hats I wear, as you Exciting know, my friend. Exciting news. <laughs> this is the... Well, now we're talking about the Russian trip. You've got another hat. That means that hand-to-hand hat. There's another hat for oh, you, President. No, 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 mate. I'm going to have heads to wear them all, mate. I'm the, Tasmanian, though, so... Uh, you said that on me, Grant. Now, <laughs> exciting, exciting news because uh, I saw you. You managed to get uh, draw the press when uh, Luke Jackson has something exciting happening. Uh, September sixteen. Yes, we're not gonna, we're not looking past September sixteen. Right? We're not it's looking dangerous. past it, mate. It's a tough Mexican, big puncher. Luke's number ten now in the WBO in the featherweight division. He's currently in LA now with Billy Usain sparring. Um, had a good sparring session with one of McKill Cotto's fighters, and he went very well. He was uh, the WO number six ranked super featherweight. 
And Luke said he he went really well with him. So Cotto asked him to um, spar all week at Freddy's. Mm-hmm. So this is really re- this is yesterday. So Luke's going well. He'll come back to Hobart. And he'll continue with me training. Then he'll go up to Billy Sainz in Sydney to f- taper off. Big thing. So hopefully a, a good win by Luke in September 16th will open up the doors for a possible world title against Oscar Valdez. So just before we go off to on the Oscar Valdez land, Humberto, Humberto de Santiago. Have mm-hmm. you been practicing your Mexican? That's good. Is that good? That's good. 18 fights, 14 wins. It's no chop. 10 here. knockouts. 10 no. KOs. Yep. Quite the fighter. What sort of preparation involved in regards to um, you get a lot of tape on this guy or do you know we haven't got like lot yet but we're waiting on it but I mean look Luke needs a tough fight he wants a tough fight he wants to give the hometown fans an exciting fight different style to the last guy where the guy was more of a boxer tall rangy Luke had the pressure obviously this sort of fighter will be planted the box more which as Luke said himself at the conference the other day any guy that comes forward against Luke is dangerous because Luke is such a great counterpuncher. He's in his element. So anyone that puts a pressure on Luke, that's that's what he likes. So we'll go into a game plan. Billy is saying, obviously, the master will work it out. I'll help as well. And we'll get the job done, hopefully, and then we'll, we'll march on. But, I mean, let's look. Huge show. Also, uh, cruiserweight title fight. Johnny Brown versus Plugger. Um, eight rounds. So that'll get the crowd in. Matthew Trifford, Jacob Doreen, Jack Unwin. Joe Corner, huge show. So you're keeping all your boys very tight to yourself for this September 16 bout. You're not sending them out trying to do anything No, else. I had a lot of offers lately. Yep. Um, Queensland, Victoria, you know, it is what it is. Our priority is Hobart. We, we, we built something myself. Adam Wilcox, big shout out to him. Um, absolute champion, fight car promotions. We've built something in Hobart. We've been, the last three years, we've built, we've built this platform where guys can, you know, fight locally get fights interstate and overseas, this is all because of what me and Adam have put in place. So otherwise the opportunities these guys wouldn't be having. And to, to come up under a guy like Luke Jackson, such a you know, well-known and respected fighter, that's the reason this is all going ahead. It's, it's, it, look, it's great. Look, and, you know, Tasmania's thriving from it. And if we can bring a world title back, even better. So this is going to happen at Hobart City Hall? Yes, back to where it all began. September 16. When the tickets go on sale for this one? Next week. Next week. Big punching Mexican Humberto de Santiago. He's defending his WBO Oriental Featherweight title. The win should get us up to probably number eight or so. Sky's the limit. Action Jackson. So there's someone like Oscar Valdez, who is the champ, the Featherweight champ, see that an eight might be... An easy picking sort of fight. Is that what the mentality is for the champ who doesn't? Uh... I mean, look, it's like this. I don't know, don't know much about boxing. Not that I'm t- calling you easy picking, yeah. Luke Jackson. No. Just so we get this clear, <laughs> I'm just thinking of from Oscars. I think most champions. I think they get the mandatory, mm-hmm. which number one challenge they got to. Once they defend that, they're successful. I think they get two voluntaries within the space of so long, like a year or so, or over a year. So, so after they have their mandatory. They get voluntary. So, look, you could easily pick a six or a seven or eight. And um, we've already had talks with them guys. They know Luke's name. He went to Olympics with Luke London. They're friends on Instagram. They know each other personally. And he quoted the other day when he saw what we um, – Luke tagged him in a post saying, we want to get it on. He said, he's down. I'm that was down. his words. He, I'm down. So, if we can work out the money, and the government will have to play a big part in this. And they did with Daniel Gill. You know, they, they backed him twice at the Entertainment Centre. So, if they can help us – we can bring a world title fight 
to Hobart, Tasmania. Um, Luke Action Jackson versus Oscar Valdez next year, and it'd be great. It'd be huge. Going off the back of Jeff Horn, great win over Pacquiao and 50,000 Queenslanders all around Australia and the world. We're running off the back of that, hopefully. So you'd feel that the government would support something like this just on the back of what they've seen happen in Adelaide because the government supported the Mundine Green fight. They had 30,000 plus yes, people. Yes. Um, the recent Jeff Horn victory, there's another yeah. 50,000 plus. Uh, you would think you'd get some sort of support. Where would you stage something like this if you did have a world title fight? Have you thought about that? Yeah, the Derwin Entertainment Centre. That's where Daniel Gill fought twice. I think he packed out. First one was 5,500. So we'll be aiming for that. Yeah, so the Entertainment Centre, that's the that's the venue. There's no football grounds or anything like that now? Outdoor venues? Or? You wouldn't have reset in Hobart, mate, I tell you now. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big tarp. You remember the Jeff ne uh, Jeff Fennec uh, Zuma Nelson fight at Princess Park? Ninety two, yeah. It did start raining there. Yeah, but they nah. had they had the they had the the shelter over the ring though. Yeah, mate, the entertainment center. I mean, look, that'd be the place to be. So look, hopefully it all works out. Um, Luke keeps winning. Um, we we build our foundation. The government gets on board, and also while I'm here too, I want to say a big um, shout out to Jeff Horn. Congratulations. I was in transit between Moscow and Dubai, so I missed it. Mm -hmm. And I got off the phone, I got off the plane and checked my phone, and I was so happy to find out that he won. He's good friends with Luke Jackson, our roommates at the Olympics. Uh, he's a very humble guy, but he deserves it. So just you know, a big shout out and congratulations to Jeff Horn. I just saw um, um, Jeff Horn speaking to Lomachenko, Lomachenko and, and he mentioned, yeah, yeah, yeah that's the guy he is. He's a humble guy, yeah. man, and that proves it. He was mentioning Luke, you know, about Lomachenko, and Luke said, look, he's the nicest guy. You know, I've only met him once, so mm. I don't really know him that well. Mm. But um, he's just such a lovely guy. So, I mean, you know, who deserves it more? So, so what a what a great role model. And then the WBA champ asked for a selfie with Lomachenko. I know. Did you say that? Oh, Lom is a rock star, mate. <laughs> Lom is a rock star. Bob Barron was very happy to get them together. Just to Yeah, I'm his biggest fan. Well, me and Luke Jackson, we both love Lomachenko. So, Bob Barron, uh, maybe you know, maybe you don't. What's his situation now with uh, Jeff Horn? Does he sign him up, uh, keep him under wraps? I think he's. Um, I think he wants him. Obviously, talking about Terence Crawford. Look, he's going to no doubt play a part in his career now, I think, but... I'm not sure what goes on there, but obviously Bob Aram sees dollar signs and mm. he always has, I guess. And he's got Oscar Valdez too. He's got, okay. So we'll be dealing with top rank with that as well. Handy. If I could just quickly go back in regards to getting your government support. We don't want to talk too far ahead because he's still got something happening on September 16th. But 100%. as soon as that happened, are you yes. on the, do you actually invite uh, someone from the government to uh, Luke's next fight, give him table number 1A? <laughs> get him, uh, get him a few drinks, and then have a contract signed at the end of the fight. No, nah, I think it'll go through the right channels. Mm. I mean, you know, we've got people working on it as we speak, tourism ministers, and all all different stuff. So look, it's not, it doesn't happen overnight, but it will happen. <laughs> so the lines of communication, because you've met the right people in the government, you you've, you've obviously had dealings with them in the past. I'm good friends with the premier Will Hodgman. He's a great premier, great person. His father was a great friend. Um, of my family's Michael Hodgman, a legend, and I mean, um, yeah. So look, you know, we'll, we've got the right channels there, but you know, I'm sure our great premier will be there for us when we need him. So do we? Do we have an idea on how much money we're talking to get this guy over, or how much the whole event that the government would want to put up? Well, you would hope the government would assist you with financially. Uh, I'm not come? sure. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Purse? Has, has Valdez asked for a particular purse to yeah, come over? Yeah, he, he said he'll travel for three hundred thousand. So, okay, is that US? Or is Australian dollars? That's a good question. Mm. <laughs> you didn't ask yeah. that. Probably US, I assume. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'll let the, I'll let a few of the um, 
the smarter guys talk the dollars and cents part, and I'll just keep doing what I do with the promotion side of things. So we just talk about China. Uh, sorry, Russia. You yes. you were there. You you hooked up with an old friend of yours. Do you remember the guy that used to sleep in his mass uh, in his uh, massage uh, room when he wasn't in there? Yeah, Costa Zoo. As I said, I've known the guy since '96. I was 18 year old, and just awesome to see him again. A very humble guy, and to to still have a friendship since '96, and to be given the the red carpet treatment by him in, in Moscow. You know, it meant a lot. He's such a legend, a beautiful person, beautiful family. And um, it was awesome to see him. And it was good to have dinner with him. And um, and the highlight was the, to spend time with his son, Tim, who I've known since he was two years old. And we reconnected, hanged out a lot. Great guy, great fighter. Watch him, everyone. Tim Zhu fights this weekend. Then he's on Linda Hoskins' show August the 19th. I'm coming over to watch him. Uh, me and Wayne Howlett and Mario Zanetto. Um, Mario's coming down. Mario's coming to Melbourne. Is he mate. coming down? He's coming. Wow. He actually's going to be here. Won't yeah. be just tagged in. He'll be here. Uh, we, he wasn't tagged in before. <laughs> Grant, we know he was here. He was He's, here. You're trying to get him out of the shit, are you? He was here. Yeah, Tim Zoo. So look, yeah, it was awesome to catch up with him, and you know, he's uh, he's one to watch. He's a really, um, really good, a good young man. So what's Kostya doing over in Russia at the moment? Is he permanent resident or is he just holidaying? What's happening there? No, he's lived there for a few years now. Yeah, yeah. he's back there. Look, he's got an awesome restaurant, local restaurant. He's got other businesses and, um, you know, he does commercials. He, he's just an identity. He's huge over there. He'd be one of the most famous people in the country. He's got a, uh, you know, he's, he's doing really well. So he doesn't live in Australia anymore? No, no. He, I think he visits probably once or twice a year to see his family and kids. But, I mean, um, based over there now in Moscow, yeah. So how much of an involvement does he have in Tim's career? Tim's uncle, Igor, trains him. Mm-hmm. I think his grandfather, Costa's dad, Boris, is a big influence. Um, he's got a great team, Tim. I think Costa's always going to be there, I guess, you know, for any advice. You know, he was over there training with him. But, yeah, look, he, I think he's just there, you know, whenever he needs him. And, obviously, he could fight in Russia sooner than later. Um, he's already getting a name over there, Tim. Um, I mean, Costa's obviously always going to play a part there, but um, he's got his own team in Sydney, though, Tim, so, yeah. Do you feel his last name is an advantage or a disadvantage to his career? I guess it's probably two things. I mean, look, it is an advantage, obviously. I guess look, the attention's on you a lot, and, I mean, but th- again, with that, there's expectations. So, look, anyone that's had a famous father, whether it's Gary Ablett Jr. <laughs> and Senior or, mm. you know, anyone, I mean, it, it's always hard to live up to someone like that. But, look, um, but he, he's, a, he's got a good head in his shoulders, and the time I spent with him... Um, a really humble kid. I'll do anything to support him myself because I've got a lot of time for him. So what's he do, Tim, while he's over there? Is he still training? Is he uh, partying? What's he up? No, no. Brown's in town. He's not like that. No, no. You take him out, Grant? He's not like that, no. You're Mario? No, he just trains. He's just a... He's just a very dedicated kid and, you know, he he was there training with his dad for two weeks and now he's back. He fights in Queensland, I think, this weekend and then in Melbourne on the 19th of August. So he's going to be fighting at Punches at the Park August 19th. The Melbourne Function Centre. Great show. Linda Hoskins, Maloney Brothers. Great card. Jeff Fennis got his young fellow on there, Brock Jarvis. Melbourne debut. Yep, so it's a good card. Linda's doing great things in the sport, so hats off to him. Brock Jarvis also undefeated. Correct? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen much of him, but I mean, obviously, if, if Jeff's got him, knowing Jeff, I mean, he, you know, obviously, um, he'd have a lot of uh, a lot of potential. What about the Maloney boys? You've been following their progress? <laughs> oh, of course. I've, I've known Jason and Andrew. For many years, good friends of mine and Luke Jackson's, um, they were great amateurs. So they used to come down and spar Luke all the time. I've, they've, you know, been had a lot to do with them, and obviously keep a close eye on their career. And I wish them the very best. 
say do you sit with Lyndon from time to time because you have an association with him many many years do you sit yep. with each other and swap promoter stories yeah the headaches you get uh, we pretty, we talk on the phone a lot so we sort of you know have a bit of a chat about stuff and we're both on the same page which is good so the eventopia.co slash patp5 punches at the park five august 19th melbourne park function center None of your boys on that card, right? Nah, no. we're just waiting for September 16th. September 16th. After Joe fights in China. It's all eyes on, on the City Hall, mate, and doing what we do, you know, and um, building the profile box in Tasmania and getting Luke on that stage, pathway to a world title. So September 16th, did you get a call from um, either Triple G or Canelo's promoters to tell you why you're putting on a fight clashing with ours? <laughs> you're going to cost us pay-per-view dollars, Grant. I know, did I know. You, no one rang you and said, what are you doing? I'll tell you now, if Oscar De La Hoya ever rang me, mate, I'd, I'd faint because he was my <laughs> personal idol growing up. Love Oscar. Yeah, that would be cool if he had my number and knew my name. We'll see. See what I might still get the call. Who knows? You're hanging out with guys that walk white tigers and have baby lions. You never know. <laughs> it's a crazy sport here. Uh, they can just keep an eye for the goal for Ari rocking up to the City Hall on September 16th. So the speaking of Golden Boy promotions on September uh, September 16th as well, same date. Triple G, Canelo, your thoughts? So you've been asked probably as many times, nearly as much as the other fight. Well, there's only one fight I know of. That's Canelo okay. and Triple G. I've changed my opinion and I've told people this. It was really? Triple G two years ago. Yes. It would have been Triple G. Given the time, I think Dillahoy has waited for this time. He's waited two years. Triple G's got older. Canelo's matured into a middleweight. Given his last performance against Daniel Jacobs, Triple G showed that he's not invincible. I think Canelo wins. I think Canelo is a better all-round boxer, counter-puncher, has a good chin. So, you know, it's all about Golovkin's power. But I think Canelo has fought a lot better opposition than Triple G has. And I think Canelo wins on points. I love both fighters very much. But that's my that's my prediction, Canelo on points. Is this something new in boxing in over the last few years where the the fighters with the power, like a Mayweather, for instance, as in the drawing power, doesn't necessarily fight the ones that the people want to see at that point, like a Pacquiao. They say it took five years to make that fight. And you're saying this probably could have happened, what, two, three years ago? The oh, Triple G Canelo fight? Or? When he beat Cotto, I mean, he won the middleweight title, didn't he? Mm. So the odds are he could have defended it straight away, but he relinquished it. I mean, Mayweather wrote the book on this to, about waiting and, and picking the right time. Oscar De La Hoya fought... Uh, Trinidad in your, in his prime, both undefeated. Like Quarte in his prime, undefeated. Vargas, and he just lost to Trinidad. But I mean, so Floyd's wrote the the blueprint on how to do this, and I think they've uh, they've learnt from it. We've kind of stepped in there to put our toe into the other. Here we go. Here we go. I'm waiting for I'm it. I'm not going to ask you the result, I'm but I want to know from a promoter's perspective. All right, that's it. I'm not going to ask you who do you think is going to win because I know what you already think about the, can we call it a fight, in your opinion? Can I tell you? Um, <laughs> I didn't know what I'm going to ask you yet. Can I tell you, <laughs> you're going to ask me about Mayweather McGregor and on the day, I want you to watch my Facebook because I'm going to be somewhere Live in the park having coffee <laughs> on Facebook Live at the time of the fight's on. That's, I'm going to prove I'm not watching it. You did say the last time you were here you were not going to watch I'm it. I'm not watching it. I was a bit sceptical at the time. Mate, I don't... You seem a bit stronger in your convictions that you're not going to watch it. After the press conference, I'm definitely more so now not going to watch But I was never going to watch it. I know Wayne Howard's going to be with Paddy Wright watching it somewhere and they'll invite me, but I'm not going to be in the park somewhere. If the weather's good, if the weather's bad, wherever I am going to be, I'm going to Facebook stream it 
where I am, my location, and I'm not watching the fight. Not even if Wayne's kids ring you up and say, Uncle Grant, come and Godfather. join us. For, come and, come and, do you call, what they call you, the Godfather? I might take them to Time Zone or play, go to the movies or something. That's, that's what I could do. I could there take his, his boys out because I love them very dearly. He'd probably love, he'd probably appreciate that. Orlando, take, Oliver and Oscar, three rock stars. But if they wanted to watch the fight and they asked you, can you come and watch the fight with us? We've got some party pies and I'm sausage rolls. I'm going to have to make an excuse up. <laughs> I can't, it's my word. I can't. I've told you on live, on live um, yeah, I can't, I'm not watching it. So you saw the press conference, okay? The world tour. <sighs> world tour. World tour. Okay. As a promoter, as a promoter, with your promoter's hat on. It was different? Mm-hmm. What did you think? Do you need to go through everyone or do we just, uh, in, or in a nutshell? I mean, as a promoter, yeah, I guess. I mean, look, this is the way I see it. They're going to sell out anyway. They're gonna, it's going to be the biggest thing ever without the, all the trash talk and crap that mm. was on the other night. I just, I think the amount of language used, the swearing, mm. all that, what does that give to up, up and coming young fighters? Do they think they have to act like that to, to be famous or to be big like them? And it was really... I think they took it to a different level. It's not even WWE because WWE, you haven't got all that. There's a lot of bad words used by Conor and Floyd and the way they carried on. And Floyd looked like an idiot. I love Floyd, but I mean, Conor made him look stupid, I think, with the trash talking. He just kept going over the same things all the time. I didn't find it really amusing. I sort of laughed at him. I think this mm. is a joke. Look, they're going to make that much money, but I just think the whole world tour, they took the gentleman out of the gentleman's sport of boxing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm all for being charismatic. I used to love Princeton Zim Hammer, but I mean, with just all the swearing and the vulgar, I just think young kids watching it, I don't think it's a good look and I don't approve of it. And I think it was a joke, the whole tour and the fight's a joke as well. So as a, as a promoter, uh, were there things that you saw that you thought, maybe I can, not necessarily the, the rubbish that the, the both fighters spoke about, just to assist with the promotion of your own fight. Let's say you do get a world title yeah. uh, in Hobart down the track. Are there things that you saw that you may be able to use to assist to build the fight up? Not really. No? No. I think if a world title fight alone in Hobart's big enough, I mean, Luke's not going to trash talk Valdez. I don't think Valdez will do the same. I, I don't think it's needed. Uh, you know what I mean? I just don't. Sometimes I don't think it's needed. I reckon it was pretty crazy the whole thing. Yeah, I got boring after a while. I think I watched. I watched them a few of them that were on Facebook, but uh, yeah, it was pretty average. My opinion. Could go back. You're going back to Russia again October. at the end of the year. What's yeah. happening in October? Uh, world championships are on for powerlifting, mm-hmm. and Wayne's uh, looking at competing. Mm-hmm. Um, even if he doesn't, we're going anyway. So mm-hmm. we might call into Romania as well. Okay. If he wants to go to Dracula's Castle. Why not? Transylvania. So, um, look, another trip with my brother. Can't express how good a month in Russia was. Great people. Want to say thank you to my friend Misha, Mikhail and Andre, all the guys there, Kirill. They made us so welcome. And I can see now why Wayne goes there so often because beautiful place, beautiful people. You know, Russian in Moscow is so modern. And it was just amazing. Like, it just you know, you just don't see or hear about Russia that much, you know, and it was just really, really great place and I had the best time of my life. So did you have a plan going over there? Anything specific <laughs> or was it just a holiday or what, what What was going on? I only went to support my friend Wayne in his mm. competition. Right, he um, was in a comp, yeah? Yeah, yeah, he was his comeback after a year off and um, I only went there to support him because I always wanted to go with him because he's, he told me so much about his times there and I think he's been six times now. So I went over there with no plans at all, didn't know what, but then things started happening for me and all these opportunities and... um Got asked to take a boxing class of 60 Russian boxers, which was very humbling, me and Timmy Zhu. But look, just the amount of respect given over there by by the Russian people to me and Wayne and, and um, Uncle Charlie was there as well. 
was just really, really amazing. Anything else you want to add to our uh, discussion today? Because it's very nice for you to pop in, give us your time. Always got time for you, my brother. I just want to say, look, a shout out to everyone that's part of our team. Obviously, Adam Wilcock, Billy Usain, Mike Tamura. You know, keep supporting us in Hobart with the boxing and hopefully our fighters can um, go to the next level eventually. I wish all Australian fighters all the best because it's um, it's always great to see Australians do well, like Jeff Horn's done recently, and I'm sure we've got some good uh, contenders out there. Shout out to the support from my, my dear friends, uh, Bianca Callahan, Mario Zanetto, the rock star, my brother Wayne Howlett. Very appreciative of all the opportunities that are coming my way lately and the trips and everything, and obviously my mum and dad, thank you, and yeah, everyone that's a part of my, my life. So it's happening on the 16th of September, Hobart City Hall. Where Luke Jackson will be defending his WBO Oriental featherweight title against the big punching Mexican Humberto Di Santiago. Oh, you say that good, mate. Like that? Now, if yeah. I hear you say Humberto again, I'm going to send you a message. It's Humberto. Okay. Now, okay. you put out a message not long ago yes. to your fighters. You put them all on notice, which I found very interesting. You've obviously had issues with some fighters not being ready to go. This opportunity that Joe Corner's getting in China is because he was ready. Can you give us a brief, what that message was? You, you're a bit frustrated, <laughs> half a rant. Well, I mean, like, if you're a four or six round fighter, you're always got to be ready. If you're a boxer, you should always be in the gym boxing. If you haven't got a fight coming up, stay fit because you're not going to get the, the luxury of having an eight-week or ten-week camp or notice. So if a fighter rises interstate or internationally, it can happen. So, I mean, be ready. Be in the gym, have a good base fitness there where if you get a couple of weeks notice, you can just ramp up the conditioning, all the sparring. I mean, um, you know, you're a boxer or you're not. I mean, I trained my, my whole life, was always ready. As Luke Jackson's always ready. I mean, um, these guys need to know that, you know, give it your all or, as I said, play darts, table tennis, there's other sports out. Be, be ready because you could get that phone call and um, this is showing, proving that with Joe Corner going to China, the opportunities that are there. Back in the day, you would never have got opportunities like this, but it's so easy now to, to get a fight here, to get a fight there. So just train hard, give everything to the sport because you're a long time retired, as I, as I know now. I wish I could have done things different, but I mean, um, enjoy your career while you got it because you only get it once. But you had a good run. Your mates have cost you a zoo. You're eating at his restaurant. Did he make you pay? Or did no, he of course not. No, he no. didn't. No, of course he's, he's a gentleman. Just but for our listeners, can you mention where your first meeting of Costa Zoo and where you lived? Because it's interesting if they haven't heard our first chat. Yeah, I lived in, at the uh, the new the famous Newtown Police Boys Club, where uh, trained by Johnny Lewis and where Jeff Fennick, Jeff Hardy, and Costa Zoo, Justin Russell, Love Mundo, many great legends, uh, Adam Turner. Uh, Nat Skeet and all the boys and Grant Brown and and myself. <laughs> I actually lived there in Costa's massage room. <laughs> For about a good six months, like a refugee. But um, look, it was a great experience. I was an 18-year-old kid, had no money, but I was up there training with the very best people in boxing in Australia back then in the uh, mid-90s. So it brings a smile to my face reliving that. And um, to see Costa in Moscow, it was, it was pretty crazy. So it was, yeah, it was awesome. Well, unless you haven't got anything else to say, uh, the Australian combat sports uh, version president... All the best with that. I don't know how many hats you can put on, Grant. Trainer, cornerman. Manager, promoter. Hey, what else you got planned for yourself? Don't know, mate. Who knows? Who knows? I'll tell you now, get, within the next two years, mate, I think it's time to get married, mate, and have a child. So there I, I've you got go. to, um, might be a few invitations out there. 
you know, um, we'll see what happens, mate. But can they hit you up somewhere if there are people that would like to uh, put their, throw their resume in for the Grand Brown any, wife partner, any, life any, partner? Any lovely ladies out there, they can just message me on Facebook and we'll go from there. And Mario Zanetta can have what's left over. Is that correct? Or is he hooked up? Nah, Mario's single, mate. He yeah. is? Yeah. He was, mate, he, he's the Italian Stanley, mate. He's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, at the moment he's single, matey. Pretty popular in the retail stores in Hobart. All right, Mario. Does his best work. Grant told me to set you up, Mario, just in case I ever meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a Tasmania one day. Or when you come out of Melbourne next. Thank you, Grant Brown. Thank you very much, my friend. Das for Tanya, Russian for goodbye. Thank you. There you go. Thanks for listening to this episode of Exceptional People. For past episodes, please visit our website exceptionalpeople.com.au that's exceptionalpeople.com.au on our website you'll find links to iTunes where you can subscribe to the show as well as leave feedback for Android users there is also a link to Stitcher Radio and also a link to our Exceptional People Facebook page you can find all those links as well as past episodes when you go to our website exceptionalpeople.com.au Thanks once again and bye for now.